0: hello all welcome back to the salt light in the city no boy does it feel good to to record again Uh, i'm here with alora hello and currently we're we're right now in lisbon portugal attending world youth day
1: to be more specific We're actually under a blanket (laughs) recording Why did you have to?
0: All right, we got sold out. We got sold out. I thought it was
1: funny. If you could see a picture of where we are right now, it's actually so funny. But I think the audio sounds so good like this.
0: Yeah. So for good audio quality, um, shout out the blanket. Anyways, um, today we're going to give a recap of what day one was for today. Um, and throughout the week, we'll continue to give recaps. It'll be about, like, 10, 15 minutes tops just talking about our experience throughout from throughout the day and throughout the week, kind of how all of that strings together to bring just one crazy, insane experience. And, um, I mean, yeah, for, for those who don't know, World Youth Day is, like, I think a massive conference of youth on a global scale there's there's over a million of us here coming together to worship and glorify our lord and savior jesus christ and it's just it's just insane
1: i i heard someone describe it kind of like the mecca for catholics i don't know if that's inappropriate to relate it to but it it is like if you've ever seen pictures of people traveling to the mecca it's 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 just more people than like we were in the center of it today. Yeah. And we'll get to that, but it is just very difficult to fathom even when you see it with your own eyes. Oh yeah,
0: there's just, it's so many people. It's it's kind of like it's just insane. It's like when you're like watching a YouTube video it's the stock footage of like crowds of people walking. It's like it's that.
1: How many people do you think are in this, or how many seats do you think are in the Staples Center? That's a pretty big stadium, wouldn't you say?
0: It's not over a mil, <laughs> a million people. Well,
1: that's what I'm saying. Like I've been in, that's, in that's the Rose Bowl and and like big arenas, and I I was definitely in the biggest crowd of people I've ever been in.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Like it was just absolutely insane, and not to mention, but we're traveling with a, a very like amazing group of people um thank you to to corporate travel and and Jason Everett and chris Stefanik to be to be traveling with such amazing people such inspiring people people who you know inspired me to to bring this together These are two other people that i've been look- looking up to for a long time right you know Chris is just his his passion and what he brings to the table and you know Jason and obviously. <laughs> His chastity and you know the dating the dating blueprint and all of his talks on that like it honestly is has translated to my life in in such big ways so to be able to be traveling with those people who help inspired this who help inspired us you'll see it's it's just it's such a blessing and today was it was just really an introductory day um so we had like our first keynote if you would want by uh chris and jason a back-to-back which is insane and then opening mass was today as well so uh ali you were telling me a bit earlier about uh what your favorite part of the day was
1: definitely the mass um again like i said just just because you can see all those people but also all the flags yeah. and everyone's just speaking every language around you um so like touching on that with all the people but more specifically i heard somebody in our group saying something like because you know i don't know too much i'm only a year into my my faith um they were saying something about receiving the eucharist spiritually like you were saying and so i had the impression that we weren't actually going to be receiving the eucharist physically physically i thought it would be more like a blessing just because how can you get it to that many i'm like seriously just a sea of people yeah not like you see in new york city where it's a sea of people like just blanketed land blanketed with with people and colors and flags and so i'm like how are we going to get the eucharist and then these little umbrellas start popping up right or, right when they are like preparing uh or it's like preparing the gifts and everything and i was like hold up and then i saw these people walking up with the dishes holding them like appropriately yeah and then so th- i guess the way they they've or showed where like where a hub where you could get the eucharist was with umbrellas and so we got to receive it and of course i got to receive the eucharist and it was just really cool to see that many people get it at the same time
0: yeah if you guys would want to check it out we have a a video of what that looks like in at world youth day on our instagram uh disclaimer we weren't in like the middle field we were kind of off to the side on a side road or a side path of, like, elevated on a hill. So we're behind some trees, but we're there because the workers that were part of World Youth Day were telling us we couldn't go any further because it, it would be dangerous. Because yeah. it was dangerous. Like, we literally couldn't go any further because it was so packed.
1: Do you think it stretched on for a mile?
0: Had to have been, dude. Had to. We were so far from the actual stage and we were probably like a football like a football stadium away from center stage mm-hmm. from from the stage literally it was absolutely insane um my favorite part of the day was probably probably adoration we thankfully got to adore christ in the eucharist when uh, we were introduced in our our first keynote with jason and and chris and it was a weird, it was a weird adoration. It was an adoration like I've never had before. Obviously, like for one, I mean, I'm in Portugal. I've been to Europe before, done adoration in Europe before, but not in, not in Portugal. But aside from that, it it was a weird feeling because every time I sit in adoration, you know, with my, my gifts of spirituality, I'm able to sense Christ, so I'm able to feel Christ and at least at the bare minimum, know that he's there even if I don't feel him. And today it was just it was just really hard. I was trying doing everything that I could to focus on him. But the thought in my head, even though he was literally right in front of me, flesh and blood in his holiness and his in his in all of his glory, the epitome of our faith, I it's I I was looking at him and in my head all all I could hear myself say was, Lord I know you're there but I can't see you I can't see you and for me that's kind of what this summer has been and that's a lot of where this inconsistency of of me posting this past summer or us posting this past summer rather is really where that's come that comes from I've I've been in a pretty dry state of desolation and I don't want to call it a dark night of the soul um my story is actually based on my my soul's dark night and that'll come in more time. But it's really been a dry summer. It's really been a desolate summer, right? Just not motivated to go to mass as I usually would. Not motivated to post as I usually would. And I know that that holds back from you guys hearing a word. But, you know, Ali believes that that, that is for a reason, That is that God has a reason for that. So I'll, I want to apologize. But.
1: I was going to say he definitely has wanted to record and it just hasn't happened. And, you know, every time that he's felt that disappointment and expressed it to me, I've told him, like, it's OK. It's it'll happen when it needs to happen. And if it's not right now, that's OK. Um. That's. Yeah. yeah so he's he still cares we still <laughs> yeah care. no
0: of course and it's this is a call this is something i'm doing for the rest of my life i know that for a fact and I, it's not something that i want to be like oh yeah i have this massive fire for it, and then it blows out like no this is something that i'm committed to something that i want to do and i want to i want to put out this content for you guys and this is such a great way i guess for for me to you know get on to doing this um that said I wanted to talk, uh, to mention something from Jason and Chris's keynote. One of my favorite points, you know, obviously this season of desolation is a time where you shouldn't really make much decision. It's a time where as even though you feel nothing, going through the motion shows God that like, no, I'm intentionally doing it, you know. And, and, And one common theme is that, you know, the devil can really mess around with you. Can really mess with your head. I mean, Jesus was was in the in the desert for forty days, and he was tested. Right, he was tested three times. He was tempted, and one thing that uh, Chris brought up, that's the fanic brought up, was that his his child, his one of his kids, asked, "Dad, why, is, why does the devil hate us so much?" And Chris responded, well, maybe because you look a bit like him. Maybe not a bit, but maybe because you look like him. You look like God.
1: I, I really liked when he had us turn to each other. What did he say? He said, <laughs> he turn said, to somebody next to you and look at them and go, wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah We yeah. just
0: looked at each other. We were just like, Wow. You and, look
1: like God. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even yeah. remember what he said, but something like that. I was so. Cool. And
0: and he mentions like how often do we take that for granted? How often do we look in the mirror and see something rather disgusting? See something rather shameful? See something rather you wouldn't rather see? How often do we forget that we look, that we are the image of God, because we were made in His image and likeness, and we've heard it a million times right and And Chris, if you end up hearing this, then i I don't mean to repeat you, but like seriously, we're made by the one and and only God of the universe of everything
1: I really liked today, both of them were talking a bit about it, but especially Jason um following Chris was talking about the the universe and all I can't even remember exactly what he's saying but like the size of the universe and it's inside or the solar system inside this is always spinning and it's it's just like all these big details about the universe and I think the whole point of him going on like that with with it was just that it's overwhelming the information about how how big the earth is in comparison to the universe and and you know again all these big numbers and It's just really overwhelming information, and what was really, is endearing a good word? Endearing? Yeah, would you say endearing or more comforting, maybe? Is uh, that it's okay if you don't understand or if you can't quite wrap your head around Jesus in the Eucharist. Because when he's trailing on and on and on about all these numbers and the universe and everything, I, I don't, like, I, my brain shut off. I can't even tell you. But, like, it's okay that we can't understand it because we can't even understand our own universe, hardly understand our own planet and society. So it's okay.
0: It's okay that we don't understand God. I think a, a really good uh, example that um, Stefani gave is, like, it's trying to bite into a wall. It doesn't fit inside your head. Well, yeah.
1: It doesn't mean it's not there, though. Exactly.
0: It doesn't mean that it's not there. It just doesn't fit inside your head. Because if you can't, if we can't comprehend, like, we just, I mean, I guess it's based on the government, right? But I, I feel like a lot of us knew this, but we still aren't sure how it all works. But the evidence of terrestrial life. Right, like it's hard for us to wrap our head around, like the fact that they are like intuitive, or right? more intelligent, or more intelligent. Like it, right? It's all it's, it bamboozles us, but it doesn't mean that it's not there. It is. Or at least we th- we think so. Now the government has shown its evidence. Regardless, in this same way, right? If terrestrial extraterrestrial life exists, and people believe it, people don't believe it. Well, how much further how much further insane would would it be to believe in God right because how if we can't understand what's in our universe let alone our, our solar system let alone our own planet let alone our own body because we're still finding things about the human body if we can't understand any of that how do we expect to understand the creator behind all that right because to say there is no god right? i think this is Stefanik say uh, speaking he said to say that there is no god is is to be like frodo from lord of the rings mm-hmm. to go on a mountain and says <laughs> say there is no J.R. tolkien it's like bud you are you are in this story you don't know who your author is you're a part of the story
1: A part of being in the story um something that chris brought up that i really loved and stuck with me is that this story that we're in is a love story and he did stress that it's a love story between you and god but i think it was also important that with that what stuck to me too he didn't quite say this though is that the love that we have for ourselves which is very important especially being um, in God's image and likeness, but he more specifically was talking about our love story between God and us.
0: Yeah, and he was he was saying that, you know, if Pope Francis, I believe, said this is that if you lose the element of of the love story, you lose your sense of purpose, you lose your sense of what's going on because it's love. We're we're all searching for love. We're all that that source of goodness, that source of joy. And if you if you lose sight of that. And it all goes away, right? And so, I mean, going on that, that's really, that's really what today was. Um, We'll try and, and bring more of it as we go throughout our week. But again, we're very excited to be back. We're very excited to be covering this to be here. Um, we thank you guys for tuning in. We hope you guys continue to. Please pray for us as we pray for y'all. If you have any prayer intentions, please DM us on Instagram. Oh, yeah,
1: definitely. And
0: and we will certainly bring them with us and the rest of the pilgrims. We love you guys. Thank you. And till tomorrow. Bye bye. Bye. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Salt Light in the City where you are seen, you're loved, and you are heard today we're doing a just a recap of what day two was for us uh today was our our Fatima excursion as in the itinerary and to be honest it was like a really really short trip like too short but it was it was really good uh so yeah I mean just going with that Allie what was your favorite part about today obviously Fatima but I guess what was your favorite part about Fatima
1: Specifically, I think, okay, hearing the history from Jason, I think just hearing him talk about anything historical like that is really satisfying. So hearing the history, because, again, I don't really know this stuff, only about a year into it, right? But uh hearing him talk about it and being able to hear the history of it pretty detailed from him, and then like... We heard it after we had, you know, been to the, the square, if you will, yeah. of where it was. But then piecing that to what I had just experienced made it all the better. So that bit of him explaining it very well and being um, at the site, of course, was yeah, it's really, kind of really powerful. So crazy. Just like thinking about it. That's why I bought that statue with the three kids because, yes, of course, her apparition is so important, but so were the kids. Absolutely. Um enzo and i did the rosary on our knees which um
0: if you've been to fatima you know what we're talking about
1: yeah so i actually enzo and i were like we're not really sure we don't have a lot of time like let's go to the shops and, and i was like i was like no i mean i didn't say this to you entirely but my thing was this is gonna suck painful let's just do it now and not think about it and that's exactly what we did it was so much longer i didn't even know how long well, we it was got held
0: up because of communion yeah we're, that we too were, it took us we even longer there. On our knees Probably for an hour for over an hour It was for yeah. about an hour and, and like 20 minutes I do not even know minutes. like yeah.
1: where the route of it was I thought it was just like do your rosary and you're, you're done No Like you just get no, up no, from the path No but apparently that's not how it works. No,
0: all the way to the apparition. So cycle. we
1: went from the very front until we got to the like where I guess you could rest your arms on top. Um if is it a sanctuary? Is that what you would call it? Uh
0: well that whole well, one, that nut That's just just the chapel, the the yeah, the wall. Yeah.
1: There was um this. I'll try to quickly explain how it was, but there was a lot of emotions Uh, at first it was just pain (laughs) and that's all I could really think about. Um, and then I was thinking about purgatory and, uh, trying to, uh, Oh, my intentions, offering up my intentions, um, which aren't even for myself. It's for my loved ones. So just know that if you ask me to pray for you, if you, if you ask me to pray, it was offered up and I, um, that pain I experienced was offered up for you. So just know that, um, it's kind of funny, like um, you were saying to me that when the children didn't know how to pray the rosary, they just said Hail Marys over again. And they just
0: said no. They didn't even know. They didn't even know how to say like the prayer Hail Mary. They just knew Hail Mary. Okay. So it would be like our Father, just our Father, uh-huh. and then ten beads, Hail Mary, Hail, Hail Mary,
1: Hail Mary. Hail Mary. Hail, yeah. Okay. Well, and so when I finished our rosary, relatively quickly in. Um, comparison to, or in perspective to how long we were actually on our knees for crawling, yeah, Um and so it was just hail marys, not yeah. like a whole the whole hail mary prayer.
0: We finished the rosary and we just repeated hail yeah, marys, yeah, literally for, you know, just like, and I just sat and just focused on that on that prayer. My mom, um, I, was
1: I, I mentioned I mentioned this,
0: yeah, she 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 walked El Camino with my dad not too long ago. I'm sure. I I believe I told this on on the podcast, and whenever I interviewed my mom, she said that was the one thing that kept her going was Hail Mary, Hail Mary.
1: I was thinking Hail, about just
0: thinking about the Hail Mary.
1: I was thinking about that, and also when she had to do the triathlon relay. Yeah. And then finding out that it was double what she had trained for, and she her saying that it was Mary who got her through exactly. the last third of it, and I, that's exact. Like I. Catholic or not, especially not Catholic, like even half believing could not have gotten through that if we were not praying the entire time oh, because yeah. it, it, in all honesty, it was brutal. It yeah, was really it brutal. Was, <laughs> was... We saw like blood droplets, not like fresh, like somebody was currently bleeding, but it had to have been just like from an hour, not an hour, but not like an hour, just a short bit ago because yeah, it was dried like, up
0: within a couple of days. Yes yeah no, on the path
1: like that's, was, that's how brutal it was people
0: people were getting up like kids right or like high schoolers teens like they would get up some of their knees had um like scabs like torn scabs like me I came away with some pretty rough blisters um so like it was not it was not easy and for her, this is a little bit that I I I can talk about in terms of the spiritual life I've there's a lot of stories So I want to say stories because I still have to verify and discern all of them. But there's a lot of visions that I've had that I've felt physical pain. And a lot of it, honestly, for me, it felt really similar in terms of my spirit, in terms of my mindset. Now, in terms of my my body feeling it, that was very, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say new or different because it really wasn't. Like, I have felt pain that intense from a vision before but for it to be like not because of a vision that's something that i really had to like get over but once i got over that i was like okay like this is not a vision like this is real this is happening this is true yeah yeah from today like my head just went okay rely on who you rely on because it fell back into that same category of I felt this before and we rely I'm just rely on God rely on on Mary.
1: You know for me what what I was thinking like there were many different thoughts that were going through my head like spinning because it was intense but something that I noticed a little bit after we finished praying, still on our knees, is that the mysteries today was the sorrowful mysteries.
0: Oh I knew that going in. That's I why know. I I, I tried to tell you I'm like it's a sorrow, it's a Tuesday today. Um, it's a sorrowful mysteries today.
1: Yeah, which was so nice actually to meditate like again, not that the pain that we went through, which we said this in our prayers, is it's not comparable to what Jesus went through at all. Mm-hmm. However, for my sake or not my sake, but for myself on a one to ten level of how much pain I've ever been in, that's quite up there. Yeah, probably a ten. Um, so for my capacity, that was pretty awful. And then just putting it in perspective of Jesus going through the mysteries and meditating upon them, really thinking about them because Enzo does a good job of praying in detail. Um, it was intense for me just thinking about that, and it 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 really. We can talk about how painful it was. And you know the scars we've come away with, but truly, I hope that it, what's what's taken away is how fulfilling it was, whether mm. you finish it or not, make it to the end, just meditating upon the mysteries and going through especially on a sorrowful uh, like a Tuesday right yeah. for the sorrowful or mysteries a it really 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 helped me appreciate Christ even more mm-hmm
0: yeah and it was like it was it was incredible it really reminded me um of a few a few years ago it used to be to the point where the the god's invitation of me in terms of experiencing suffering or like suffering of mostly other people not of his that's a whole different story of his suffering to tell for another time but of other suffering, is it's like, I'm a lector, and I believe I've told you guys this. But one thing that always got me, that would always drive me to, to crying is the Stations of the Cross and then the readings on Palm Sunday. Hearing Peter deny Christ. And I've always pondered upon this. Like, Peter is the biggest traitor maybe other other than Judas cuz Judas actually stated it but peter is like of of like um, like your best friend your absolute best friend who you like literally just gave like so much to like if if you buy your best friend a house and then your best friend literally said I don't know you to the point of cursing like dude that's who Christ chose as the pope But the only reason that he can get so much of a share in God's glory as is deserved of him is because he came back to Christ. I don't, I can't say, you know, with Judas the Iscariot would have been how much glory he would have gotten if he actually turned to Christ. Because he didn't. That's not the truth. That's not the case. But imagine if he did. He would be Judas the repentant. Not Judas the traitor. Not Judas the betrayer.
1: Put this in perspective the listener. I mean us too of course. But put this in perspective with yourself. Just thinking about these saints um, you know not that Jesus is a saint but these these people, these real people and again with the like meditating especially on the Sorrowful Mysteries thinking about the passion of Christ like seriously. They're Again, it felt like purgatory, and with my limited knowledge, I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know if it'll be excruciatingly painful like that, but I found myself a lot of the time, too, just, like, really being sorry for my sins Mm -hmm. because if even if my pain is just a small fraction of what Christ (sighs) experienced— i say this i say this kind of in a weird way that i i wouldn't wish that pain on my worst enemy however i do recommend that you do the rosary so that's why i'm kind of like confused on how to word that but i hope you understand what i'm trying to say is that it it just it really 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 helped me grow closer to god and also of course appreciate the history of the site and um Depend on prayer to get me through something.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you put this in the scope of the world, you see, you see what sort of suffering we're in, how how much we really need God. Like that's one thing that that uh, Stefanic was saying that like this world needs a savior, and it, like, isn't that so true? Isn't that so true? Look at how broken this world is, right? And Saint Lucia said. That in in a letter to a, to a priest that the the key the the end battle of all of this is going to be within the family, specifically the marriage, specifically the marriage, and so that calls upon for men to actually act like true men and be on the lookout because there's going to be a, an episode for that, and that calls for women to be and act like true women and again be on the lookout. There's going to be an episode for that but seriously like we are called to be children of god the, the the gospel for today was literally about children about little ones and i was literally reflecting before the mass this is so crazy i was i was reflecting before the mass i was like if you think about where all of these apparitions happened they were in small nowhere towns towns that are now popular because of the apparition think of lords I don't know any other significance of Lourdes. I mean, it's a quaint town. It's a really nice town, right? But I can't think of any other importance there would be for me to visit Lourdes if not for the apparition. And the same thing with Fatima. Because God reveals himself to those who, to the little ones, to the children. And think about that. On the subject of the rosary, like something that, a lot of people I've been seeing recently call like pagan prayer and idolatry. Like God doubles down on controversial things, right? Like the Eucharist, he'll double down on it. And maybe you guys have seen, have seen this caption already, but the Eucharist, God doubles down, doubles down on things like, you know, acceptance, like within the family, Christ down, doubles down on. He says, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring division, a father against his son, a mother against her daughter, right and of course we're supposed to have peace with everyone but that's ultimately to say like like Christ didn't come to to make everything sunshine and rainbows he came to bring salvation i mean he's in, it's insane right so when when you look at the rosary and i hear people say it's 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 a pagan prayer it's not real like you know it's 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 a devil's prayer i just look at our lady of the rosary our lady of fatima and i just who, who promised that the sun would dance, and which it did, and whom there appeared the Holy Family and Saint Joseph and Christ that literally turned into a disco ball, showing a bunch of like shining bright colors of the rainbow on everyone, which you could see from more than nine miles away.
1: If you don't know the history, And I don't mean just like pull up an article who talks about it and recaps it. You know, if you have the time, again, really wish that everyone could hear Jason talk about the history because he did it so well. Um, Look into the historical accounts from people who witnessed it or of people who witnessed people witnessing the event because it happened less than 100 years ago, right? Yes so there is accurate information out there that's not from a news article I mean sure if you, if you want to just get it quickly, yeah, you can look at an article, but look at the witnesses from that event or what the newspapers were saying when it happened because I thought that saying, "Oh, the Sundance was just a metaphor, you know, a simile to describe what 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 it looked like, but no, seriously, like these. Unimaginable things happened as a miracle. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't know the story, um, just so you can understand a bit better, I seriously encourage you to look into it because it is fascinating, very Sweet. fascinating. It's
0: all a miracle, man. You look all it. We don't obviously have the time to talk about all of it, but it's all a miracle. It's all God. It's, that's the thing is what, look how, how things are when you rely on God. God does great things, amazing things, things that science can't explain, things that our mind can't comprehend. Because he's God. We're not supposed to comprehend these things. He can send us a million signs. But it's just like Lazarus and the rich man. Poor man, Lazarus and the rich man. They had the prophets, they had Moses and the prophets before them. If they don't believe them, they're not going to believe if I raised somebody up from the dead. On that, we'll see you guys tomorrow. You guys are in our prayers. We love y'all. And yeah. Y'all have a good day. Hey guys. Welcome back to the Salt Light in the City where you're seen, you're heard, and you're loved. Um, this is gonna be our day three recap. I know it's coming a bit late. Uh, we were supposed to record it yesterday, and we did, but I was really exhausted, so the content didn't come out as quite the way I wanted it. So we're putting it out now. Um, day three, what we did that day is we went to the Rise Catechesis. Uh, we got there a bit late because we slept in, and honestly, wasn't wasn't much from that. Um, there was a point about uh there was a transgender person who asked where her place was in the church because she recently joined the catholic church and the bishop of sydney gave a a pretty good response just t- first telling her and everyone that you know the church has his arms wide open is you know like jesus doesn't he's not going to turn away anyone who comes to him right if they're coming to him in good faith, he's going to accept them. And then his invitation to those, that community and those people, specifically trans people, was to repent and convert to the love that Christ is offering in its fullness, which I thought was a, a very good response. The next place we went to was the church of Sao Roque, which I'm going to let Allie talk about because I believe that was her favorite part of that day. So,
1: yes, that was my favorite part of the day. Um the And so would you like to share what I was telling you before we started recording?
0: What about? You told me a lot of
1: things. Well, basically Uh, Enzo and I were in a bad mood before we went into Uh, the church. Yeah. And I bring this up because coming out of the church, it was like we had been reset. And like Enzo had said before, (laughs) which I I hope you remember saying this, but um, that it was calm again. And we remembered why we were here.
0: Mm, yes. That's
1: right. So that church is the first church that I've well I'm sure I've said this already, but this is my first time in Europe and so that was my first time being inside of a European church. And it's just you know how different it is if you if you're familiar with like western churches and European and and the region's probably matter, but it was just so grandiose and Enzo had told me this before but seriously every inch of that church you could tell just by seeing the details how much thought had went into creating the the church and the cohesiveness behind it because it was like a story being told on the walls of this church to, to just down to the very inch or every inch of it Um and it we were actually uh, blessed enough to be in there during mass, so we could hear it going on. Now we we weren't there for mass; we had just kind of entered in the middle of it, um, and so that was especially especially lovely to witness.
0: Yeah, and also in that church, uh, I happened to come across Our Lady of Sorrows, and it, it's pretty interesting because it was it was really surprising for one. Um, I never expect to find her but she seems to show up at just, you know, certain times and um you know, Wednesday happened to be or Thursday? Thursday happened to be one of those times where, you know, I was just looking around looking at the chapels and then bang La Pieta. And I like I I just like it just brought me to my knees because You know, I never expect her to come around and, you know, especially coming off the pilgrimage, doing the rosary on our knees, at least from that day, you know, looking back at it and relating it is like, okay, well, how similar is that to our own suffering, right? Like, you know, the pilgrimage, doing a whole rosary and some more on your knees, walking across like a whole NFL stadium, like that alone like okay that hurts but like it's not that's nowhere close to to what jesus experienced but running into our lady of sorrows like that is like okay we never expect suffering we never expect when we are going to suffer right and so for me i lean on our lady of sorrows and on christ and his passion because by uniting my suffering to him you know, it becomes fruitful, it becomes graceful, it becomes meaningful, because no suffering in the scope of God is in vain ever. And I know it feels like that a lot of the time, but this can kind of play into what Chris and the Pope were talking about that day, because it was the welcoming ceremony of the Pope. And again, Chris and Jason are giving us uh, keynotes every day but what chris was saying chris Stefanik was talking a lot about how we need joy how important joy is in our lives and that we need it to go into every battle joy is you know it has to be a foundation for us that's what that's what god calls us to right like jesus said that he came to he came to give us his joy, so that our joy, so that we might have our we might have his joy in us, and our joy might be complete. That's why Christ came to us.
1: I think that joy and thanksgiving go hand in hand, and that's another big thing that Chris specifically talked about and um something he made note of that I needed to hear again was how finding joy, or I guess so, finding Thanksgiving and even the smallest things, again, they go about both hand in hand, Um, but finding it in the little things will create habits of being able to find it when things are more tough. And I say little things like, you know, I guess regular day-to-day normal feelings and then when times get really tough you're able to recognize the goodness around you despite the suffering you're enduring
0: yeah and um, a lot of what the pope was talking about was that we're called by name jesus calls us by name jesus calls us into great places to do great things and that we we are we are called by the world but we're called by the world in the darkness Christ calls us into the light he calls us into his love into into him basically because that's what heaven is it's it's inside of God right so that's what that's the dis, the direction that we we ought to take with our lives and what we're you know what we really should do with it you know, having that joy and understanding that we're called, when you really put those two things together, that's that's honestly how you achieve sainthood, right? Because if you understand that you're called by God, right, then you're like, okay, that already that's pretty much your 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 path to like, okay, this is, you know, how I get to God. And having joy in it. So having joy in your suffering, having joy in, you know, the in Jesus' commandments right? Like Christ said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And there has to be an element of joy to that because if you don't, if you don't delight in that, then it's going to be very hard. Like it's doable, but it's going to be very hard to love a Christian, pure, good life because you, you don't delight in it. There's no joy in it. So you have to have that joy.
1: Something I try to do I definitely don't say that I'm good at it or do it every time Um, something that I was reminded of again when Chris was talking is finding everything as an opportunity and I I think I say this to Enzo a lot but um, uh, more so as a reminder for myself too honestly but finding opportunities when you're suffering um, for those who know some of my story it's been a lot of the way that I've gotten through it is by finding like opportunities. And what I mean by that is, you know, let's say you're arguing with a parent um, and it goes both ways, of course, but you're you can only control yourself. But finding it as an opportunity to love and forgive them, even though you don't feel like it and practicing um, not <laughs> um letting yourself go and you know be angry and yelling at that person it's an opportunity to learn how to Mm -hmm. love them even when you don't feel like it Mm -hmm. and it goes that's just one example it goes for everything yeah
0: and I think the last point that we both would want to make is that both Chris and the Pope pointed out how the internet is the antithesis to both our calling and you know, our need for joy, because our phone and the internet tends to suck out our joy. It does everything to like everything opposite that we need it to do, and that it's unfortunate because it's supposed to help us, right? And in some ways it does, but overall, like it doesn't it doesn't really do us much good. Like we're reminded every day by Chris and Jason, like every single day that Gen Z is the most depressed most anxious, most confused, you know, most suicidal generation in the history of mankind. We're literally reminded this like three, four, five times a day, every day, right? We're reminded that in 2016, when Gen Z first entered college, over half of us reported being below average for for mental health.
1: He was saying that we're uh, tweaking out on data, which I really <laughs> thought that was funny, but it's yeah. actually very true, I think. Um, with that being said, you know, we have this opportunity to stare at the evil one, essentially, to distract us from what we should be doing, to make us sad, to make us feel anxious about the things that we have no control over, say it's, you know, the weather or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, but we can't change other people. We can only change ourselves in what i really got from chris was that we have to change our minds
0: metanoia as in for people who have been through some intensive re you know what metanoia is the the change of your mind to to meta your noia right and you know some could be said like that's repent but like no it's 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 a change in mind a change in mindset change in your soul that's that's what that is and that's something that I think we all need to do. We all need to take, and we can't be afraid of that. We don't like change, but we can't be afraid of it. So, with that said, I think that's all we got for, for for day three. Again, I apologize for it coming out late, but thank you guys for your patience, and we'll see you for day four. Bye! Hey, guys. Welcome back to Salt Line the City, where you're seeing your loved and your heart and this is our day four recap. Now, this day I was like bedridden from exhaustion. So, I mean, that's, that is why like the day three recap also came out today. And it is Saturday, which is day five. But we're just recapping yesterday. And it'll be a lot shorter since we didn't do as much. But the significant part of yesterday was um, that Jason and Chris gave their big talk to like the general crowd and not just to the pilgrims and the stations of the cross with the pope were also yesterday which unfortunately we obviously i obviously wasn't able to make um but we happened to watch a bit of the live stream when it was going and it seemed pretty cool but ali did happen to go to the talk and i happened to watch it on the live stream so
1: Yes, yesterday I got to walk around alone, <laughs> but it went very well. I got to the church. Um, there were, I was told, about a thousand people outside. And uh, luckily, because I were in Chris's group, I was able to show them my wristband get through. And then inside, so many more people. It was, it was actually, I mean, yes, we've been around crazy crowds of people, but just thinking like, for the speakers that, that, like, wow, like, good for them that all these people are coming because the messages that they have to share are so important. Um, but, yes, it started with adoration um, and and then uh, after good. that went into a little bit of praise and worship music and then into the talks. Um, I'm not sure if it's still on the YouTube, but I do know that Maria Vision USA, the, the YouTube channel was live streaming it so they may or may not have Mm -hmm. it uploaded if you guys want to watch it again i have no idea if it's actually there but i do know it was live streamed
0: yeah so i was watching the live stream from the comfort of the hotel you know how it goes but it was it was rough because i mean obviously i wanted to be there i wanted to be able to do those things and just you know my body couldn't handle it so i Was just doing my best to not be frustrated and and make the most of my rest and, you know, whatever, (sighs) just letting my body recharge. And I was listening to Chris give his talk, uh, talking about being not afraid, mostly, you know, we can't be afraid of our faith, we can't be afraid to proclaim and announce that we belong to Christ, that we are Christ because the world doesn't want us to do that, <laughs> but we were chosen out of this world, so why why abide to the place, you know, something my, Father Mike Schmidt said a while ago was that, you know, we weren't, there was, the, in, the, in the Old Testament you see so often, before the Israelites actually get to the promised land, you know, they're like, we we we, we aren't supposed to live here. Lord, we're not supposed to live here. God says you're right. You're not, (laughs) but you're here now. So you live here now. And in that same way, right? I know Chris didn't really mention any of that, but in that same way, we can't be afraid of where we're at. Like this is our life. This is our reality. This is the world we live in. We can't run away from it. We have to live with it and we can't just live with it. We have to live for it. And we can't be afraid of that.
1: From the talks, I was thinking a lot about how, first of all, uh, Mary's, one of, I would think, one of Mary's biggest messages to us is that we should listen. Do whatever he tells you to do. And Mm. so, to people out there who are struggling with their faith or struggling to uh, openly identify as Catholic chris it the message that I got from that was from him talking about that was that if you deny Christ here on earth to be accepted by the people around you, you will be denied into heaven, and that is a much
0: mm-hmm.
1: just the the heaviest, the heaviest
0: I mean, issue.
1: Instead of whatever acceptance you're seeking for <laughs> exactly. on earth,
0: exactly, Christ says that in the Gospels. If you deny me before man, think think about the way Christ says this. If you did, de- if you deny me before man, I will deny you before my heavenly Father. Whoever denies me before man, I will deny before my heavenly Father. Like, dude, he's not. He's not like. that's pretty clear-cut to me that doesn't seem like a joke that doesn't seem like oh yeah yeah no it's you could do you know whatever you want and then you know it'll still be fine like no right like it's it's pretty clear-cut that's one of his commandments right and that's something that you know sure there's a there's a seed of fear there maybe but when you look at it and you see that it's kind of like all right this is something that you know i have to do is it hard yes right like christ is is the king of putting us in awkward spots of in which we're you know supposed to proclaim our faith
1: you don't have you you, you won't be perfect of course you should strive to be but if that's what you're struggling with is <coughs> the identity bit of it and trying to uphold the values of the church in your day-to-day life because that's that's actually something i really struggle with and not like not like the so severely that i'm only like catholic at church or something but especially being new to the faith i think it's just something i'll learn but it's i understand that it's very difficult to maintain that kind of stuff um not while not in church um so i just want to stress that you won't perfect at it you should just try to be
0: and for me the striking part about their talks is when jason was talking about john paul ii and it's it's funny i've heard jason give you know this talk about jp2 I think, about, like, 15 times now, right? Like, I've been following Jason for a long time. I've heard a lot of his talks, and especially the JP2 talk, because we all know how much Jason Everett loves JP2. Now, the thing that really struck me is he was telling me all these anecdotes. You know, he's not me specifically, but he was telling all of us all of these anecdotes about how JP2 could recognize people he met from, like, 20-plus years ago. And... (laughs) I don't know, maybe after the, the seventh or eighth anecdote, I, uh, you know, like it felt, I started feeling a presence. Like it felt like someone was with me in the room. Now keep in mind, I'm in the hotel room alone. It's just me, I'm just watching the live stream. And it felt like there was someone there in the room. And all of a sudden, I remembered that when I was at seek, you know, it was, it was a rather insignificant exchange between me and Father Vin, but he the re, the legionaries were handing out cards with saints on them. And, you know, Ali happened to pull Therese of Lisieux. I happened to pull John Paul II. And it was really weird because I thought, like, the first thing that came to mind was, oh, World Youth Day. And I completely forgot that World Youth Day was this year. So it's almost like my presence, my presence, like, (laughs) yeah, I guess my presence, my, me being here at World Youth Day was, was written and told from the beginning of this year for me to be here. (laughs) And that really struck me. And that really, like, it really threw me off because you know i've had i've had a very desolate summer it felt like no one has really been there uh like on, on the spiritual end and i don't want to call it a, a dark night of the soul i don't know maybe that's just me saying you know by i've had like because i've had really dark nights and the summer this past summer wasn't a dark night it was more of a like a, a dry night like there was just it was you know it, it didn't feel like anything was really there um on any level, physical, spiritual, emotional, psychological, whatever, <laughs> but, the, like, knowing that JP, two like, was there, like, I felt his presence, and I just started crying, because, like, I, I just kept hearing, like, like, I know you, do you remember me? Do you remember me? I'm with you, and I hear you.
1: I just wanted to add, actually, that um, it just reminded me of my card, too. Because when, when we were there talking about JP2 and, of course, we're at World Youth Day, I thought about your card, too, that you pulled at Seek. And me pulling St. Therese was, to me, just as equally as important um, because she's shown herself to me quite a bit. Um, but on the back of the card, it says, have a childlike confidence in God trust that you are exactly where you are meant to be and that's another thing that's kept me going but also just really ties into you pulling JP2's card yeah Yeah.
0: and um like I just I just broke out bawling just bawling about it because like because I, 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 I now I honestly think that JP Two interceded for me to be here. I don't know if it was in God's original plan for me to be here, but I do think it was part of JP's two plan to bring me here. That that was an intention that he had personally. And you know, it just speaks a lot about how much trust they the saints and how much trust they like God wants me to have in him. You know at the same time as as that being mentioned of like Jason talking about JP2 he also mentioned um Saint Dismas on the cross right or maybe it was Chris I don't know one of them but he was talking I think it was Chris talking to his grandmother who was atheist and said a couple of months before she died that she was going to hell. And so Chris obviously is like, okay, my my girlfriend's grandmother or wife's grandmother is on their deathbed. This isn't exactly the time for a a Jesus talk, right? (laughs) But he said, you know, a couple months ago, he said to her, a couple months ago, you said that you would go to hell. And I'm not exactly sure where that came from. But what I do know is that there was a thief on the cross, next to Christ, who said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Christ responded, Amen, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. And that's St. Dismas. And that's somebody that I've also been reflecting with a lot in this trip. And for Dismas to show up next to JP2, a thief, right? Understanding that JP2 was also... You know he had so many assassination attempts on him (laughs) to know that and to know that you know the company of the saints the communion of the saints like it's real guys like it is real the communion of the saints is real and you see that live within your church but even spiritually a lot of y'all may not see the communion of saints are real and truly present
1: One of the final messages that Chris gave along with this story of his grandmother-in-law was that we have to talk about it. Uh, (coughs) He was saying that someone else's, I'm not sure if it was faith journey or uh, their salvation, depends, hinges, he said, on us opening our mouth. And speaking to other people, talking to other people, being a friend, you know, talking about our faith. It is so important that we do. Um, and I, he shares that in this testimony with his grandmother-in-law.
0: And something that I want to add on to that is that it was so funny because Chris asked about, um, you know, people like the first person that comes to mind who needs to hear the faith who needs to you know you want to come back that you think needs god in their life you know i was tossed in between um a relative and a and and my best friend and it was it was really crazy because that relative my brother um just he called me as as chris said that whoever you know Whoever comes to mind first, and my brother was one of them, and it was really weird because my brother FaceTime called me at that exact moment in time. Uh, you Call it a coincidence, but one thing that my brother told me on that FaceTime call is it's not just about speaking; it's not just about talking. We it's what's more important, and this was something that his coworker or ex coworker told him who is extremely deep in the faith she said to tell me you know especially because i have a podcast what what will impact more is the way in which we live our lives those are the words that will really impact people he said our actions will convert people our words will convince them that we're right and that really especially sits with me for someone who's given so many talks who you know who is in this sort of position with a podcast and all of that like I still look back on my life and I still see like yes I, I have brought more people back to the faith by the way in which I live my life and for the people that I just talked on my faith with but didn't really live my life didn't really live the gospel with they fell away
1: Uh, We talk about it in one of our earlier episodes, but that is quite literally how I was evangelized into the faith, not because Enzo invited me to Mass. Yes, I was waiting for him to, but because I saw how how joyful he was because of it and how committed he was. And my curiosity um, got the best of me, and here we are today at World Youth Day as a Catholic.
0: Amen. So that's our day four recap um again the stations went on yesterday and unfortunately he missed them i really wish we could cover them but you know since we weren't there it was it wasn't the same as watching it on the stream um but we've got a long day for today on day five to walk the pilgrim walk and then the vigil tonight and that should be so exciting to cover so We'll see you then. We love you guys. Thanks for tuning in and yeah, see you.